Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, this is the second episode in the Sabbath month where we look in, we're we going to be looking in the next uh, two weeks and the four weeks all over uh, into the uh, different eras of Black Sabbath and my pick on my favourite album of each era. As I mentioned before, last week we did the Aussie, obviously, this week we're going to be doing Dio, next week we'll be doing Tony Martin, and then after that it's going to be a free-for-all, I'm not quite sure, I might do just a best of the rest. Um, but as you can tell by the title, if you've looked carefully enough, and I'm sure you have, uh, it's Mob Rules by Dio. This is Dio's second album with The Mighty Black Sabbath. Uh, People will say to me, oh, that was me dropping my pencil. That was me say, people say to me, why aren't you doing uh, Heaven and Hell? Um, I feel Heaven and Hell, like a lot of this stuff, has been done to absolute death. Um, and there's also a reason why I'm not doing Heaven and Hell, uh, and it will come quite obvious in a few minutes' time. Um, so, Mob Rules, second album with The Mighty Dio, released in 1981. First time with drummer Vinnie Apisi. Uh, I hope I said that correctly. Um, and so basically, it's um, Tony Iommi, Ronnie James Dio, Vinnie PC, and the great Geezer Butler in the band. Now, they just released what was considered probably their epoch making album, which is Heaven and Hell. Excuse me. Um, I have to stand, I'm going to come out right out from the blocks here and say that I'm not a Dio era Sabbath fan. Uh, this can cause some kind of um, consternation amongst my friends. Um, uh, look, it is what it is, right? I, I was saying to Matt the other day um, that the thing about Dio is I love Dio in Rainbow. Um, I love Dio in Dio, you know, just the solo stuff. Um, I sort of have issues with the Dio Sabbath era, and you'll hear why, why in this album when I talk about it. Um, but it's because, you know, when you have, uh, I'm very much, um, I get very much stuck on certain eras of bands in my own, it's sort of a bad habit I have. Um, you know, with Marillion, when Fish left, I didn't really care for the band, bar maybe two albums. Uh, when uh, Peter Gables left, Genesis. I don't really care for the band, bar two albums. Um, and this is very, a bit like that. Um, Dio had this way of getting under my skin, uh, you know, saying, sort of being sort of, I don't know, saying things about Aussie that he didn't deserve to say. I mean, this, you know, Dio in the great group scheme of things is a blip in the era of, of, of Sabbath. And um, him, you know, splashing his mouth around, I mean, that's you know, musically, Dio is a very was a very very gifted 
um, vocalist, lyricist, and musician. Uh, and uh, heaven and hell. And this is the thing, you see. So um, what hooks me is that I don't like him, but man, you know, they make heaven and hell. You know, it's like, what? You have to sort of, um, I myself, when I listen to heaven and hell, I have to not really think about their situation, just listen to how good the album is. And it is, you know, it's in the three albums, there's three or four albums of the whole of Sabbath catalogue and that you go, wow, that defines them. And I'd say that Heaven and Hell is one of them. Uh, the sound when we use with Heaven in Heaven and Hell is still very Sabbathy. Uh, I think, um, you know. Uh, at the same time, and I'll talk about that later on. That another reason I'll chat about that later on. But at the same time, um, you know, Ozzy's gone, left the band, massive. I mean, that's a you know, think about think about it. It's the same way we felt, uh, if you can remember, guys, when 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 Dickinson left Maiden, you know. Um, I know I felt the same way when Fish left Merlion. Um, you know, it's that it is that wrenchingness because you know we all f- great bands are. I mean, really great bands have really great front men and women, right? Um, and you sort of, even though you, you love the music, you're drawn to their personas. And I mean, Aussie, Aussie for me was a sort of the voice of heaviness for me was Ozzy, right? You know, people say he couldn't sing and he couldn't hold a note holding a tune. Well they're fucking idiots, aren't they? I said this before last week. Um, you know, he he was mad. He was a madcap loony, you know, and he did you know, outrageous rock and roll things and he did outrageous rock and roll lifestyles and you know uh and I think when that person leaves you do feel um, empty almost because and, and I mean I'm going to say this without saying without sounding um, odd you know a bass player is a bass player a guitarist is a guitarist I mean technically you can sort of replace a guitarist not always the same feel um, same with the bass player same with the drummer but you can and this is a good album example of this and I'll get to that later on as well you can replace them sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse very rarely do you replace a vocalist that that um, beats your in your mind in your romantic memory um, the original vocalist. For me, anyway, uh, I'm very much that way, you know. Um, like what, like, like Thin Lizzy now. I mean, why would you bother? I mean, it's touring around. I think it's just it's just Gorman on guitar. I think is he just the only one that's left? Um, you know, it just it's sort of like um like when in excess you know and queen even um sorry hit the mic again i'm not a massive queen fan um i think they're a brilliant singles band i don't think i don't really like their albums i know that again this causes people to get really upset they're a really really great band i mean i'm not saying they're crap or anything like that that's that's far from it um i just think that they are a brilliant uh, moment in time band great singles band and of course it's Freddie right I mean Brian May is Brian May yeah he's wonderful but it's Brian May and Freddie once Freddie is gone um, it, it the, the spirit and the soul of the band is gone also you know it's like if Roger Daltrey would die why would you then tour the who you know it's bad enough that they tour with you know, without um, John Entwistle and without Keith Moon. I mean, they've done Keith Moon for a long time, but without John Entwistle, it's like, why? No, all right? Um, the beating heart of the band is gone. Um, and I feel that very viscerally when Ozzy left. Um, I Look, to be, I wasn't old enough at the time to, to make that conscious decision, go, oh, Ozzy left, no, God, I'm not listening. I was, I was what was I, nine or ten? So I was I'd, I had listened to Black Sabbath because of my brothers, but I wouldn't have a clue who the singers were. I was nine or ten. It wasn't until I started getting into the music and I started then retrospectively going backwards and going through their catalogue, you know, and I'd be obsessed with with Paranoid and Sabbath Bloody Sabbath and 
um, you know, uh, Sabotage, all the great albums. And then uh, along comes this new vocalist and this sort of different sound. And it didn't quite gel with me. Um, and and I, it's because I've never really thought of Ozzy as... A, uh, sorry, uh, Dio, as a, a heavy metal vocalist. I think he's a really great heavy rock vocalist. Um, and to be honest, uh, probably dancing a bit here around the peripheries, but um, Black Sabbath isn't really considered, they didn't consider themselves heavy metal either. I think Tony Iommi hates the term. I know that Ozzy did. Although, you know, when he's looking at his, all the zeros in his bank account, I'm sure he's thinking he's not thinking that. Anyway... Being, I'm just being cynical here. But, so, along comes Dio. I mean, it, it, and you know, it was probably a really, not an easy thing to find um, someone to follow on. Um, and they probably, to be, they, they probably needed someone to follow on vocally that could sing Ozzy's material, although he, Dio famously said he didn't want to sing Ozzy's material. And, uh, also, um, not, and, and, and sort of hold back the ego. Sadly, I don't think that was the case with Dio. Um, you know, uh, you hear stories about all sorts of issues in the studio. Um, he had with Martin Birch, who, who recorded, who produced um, this particular album. Um, uh, you know, it was a, a fraught production. Um, it was recorded uh, over a course of a year quite quickly for uh in modern terms for an album um but quite slow then um because uh albums were usually punched out quite quickly uh in fact you know you're chasing on the heels of one of the most successful sabbath albums of them all in heaven and hell um and you've got to try and crit you know Ride the crest of the wave, uh, and this album, this album really, really shows it, in my opinion. The artwork, um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to go through the, describing the artwork because people know about the artwork, but the artwork for me is at least Sabbathy album, outside of Dehumanizer, um, there possibly is. I think thought I did say thirteen was, but I reckon this is, it, it's really powerful. Because it's you know it's that sort of um, hand drawn sort of like there's the graffiti. It looks like they like it looks like um, it's sort of dystopian uh, and dirty and filthy. But it doesn't belie the music within the record. I, if I was to buy that record, looking at the cover alone, and then put it on, I'd be like, this doesn't sound what the cover says it should sound like. And who dehumanizes another one? Um, the one that they did, because this is the second album with the band Dio and Vinny, but they wouldn't do another album for another 10 years, 1992 with Dehumanizer. Um, and it's sort of, you can see why. Uh, because he had, he had lots of solo work to do, there was lots of issues within the band, there was some ego issues. I think that Dio was trying to bring in, when he brought in Vinny in, um, was trying to sort of like make it his band. Um, and I'm wagging my finger if you can't see it, folks. But I'm wagging my finger. So no, 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 my friend. You are it's not your band. You are employed by the band to sing the lyrics for the band. Now, Ozzy, it, Ozzy was the band, and Ozzy is the band. Um, and so, you know, it was sort of you don't take four school, you know, friends, not school friends, but they did know each other at school. A couple of them. You don't take four kids from a rough industrial city like Birmingham um, and you know give them the ability to break out and make um, themselves famous give them um, uh, the lifestyles they would never imagine for them uh, and also be super rock stars uh, you don't think that doesn't cause tightness within the band of course it does but it also over time like anything people fall apart people move away and he's gone uh, for a period anyway and uh, this little American, yes, he'd been playing in the UK a lot with Rainbow, with um, with uh, Richie Blackmore, and you know, yes, he'd he'd uh, he'd made a name for himself, 
Uh, I think what Dio brings to the band is is just his soaring vocal ability. His stage presence, yes. For a short man, really amazing stage presence. Brilliant vocalist. And again, I'm not trying, I'm not dissing the, the man, just brilliant vocalist. He really, the range, his vocal range, so and this is another thing about, um, I just thought then, about when vocalists leave bands. Like when, uh, again, I'll go back to Fish, but when Fish left Marillion, bringing Steve Hogarth in, Steve Hogarth's actually got a better vocal range than Fish. So there's more expandability. It's like when uh, when Dickinson took over from Diano. I love Diano, made uh, made in Diano, but I don't I don't hold any grudges for Dickinson taking over from Diano because there's no way that Maiden would have gone on to the heights it would have done with Diano at the, at the helm. Certainly wouldn't have Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Certainly wouldn't have all those amazing albums because Diano couldn't hit those notes. Uh, and he was also just not built for the lifestyle. Um, so often when a singer goes, doesn't they don't go backwards in their abilities. Most bands will look for a different singer to be able to expand beyond what they've already recorded. And with Dio, they could do that. And that's exactly what they did with Heaven and Hell. I felt they expanded beyond um, Ozzy's vocal abilities, which then gave the likes of Geezer Butler and Tony Iommi and Bill Ward and Vinnie PC um, a lot, and, 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 and Jeff Nichols on keyboards, um, a lot more direction is it the right direction they went in well they did with heaven and hell um we'll find out what i think what we what we think of of mob rules um i'm going to be a bit scathing about some of this stuff guys so if you really are a massive mob, mob rules fan um do stick in um, I, I, I don't want you to think just because i'm saying hey i don't like this album and it's not what i'm saying about this album I'm just saying there's some things that are going to be quite scathing um I want you to really still, I mean, who cares what I say? At the end of the day, you love it. And that's the most important thing. If this album you put on all the time makes you smile, you be my friend, you be my guest, my friend, and you carry on with it. Because that's the beauty of music, isn't it? It's the beauty of art in general. It's all um, subjective, and it, it's all what you love. It doesn't matter what an old man in his <laughs> in his spare bedroom, but his podcast thinks. It really doesn't. It, it's more about, you know... I don't. Do you know what I listened to last night? And I listened to it once a month. I've listened to it once a month for mine since I was fourteen or fifteen, and that's um, Peter. Peter uh, sorry, Paul Simon's um, Graceland's. That album makes me. It takes me to a place that I'm happy in. Makes me smile. All right, and sometimes that's what you need. And so you know, I know people hate that album. Um, I love it to bits. Same with, you know, Eric Clapton's August. You know? Uh, it's just one of those albums that, um, you know, or Jeffrey Toll's um, Rock Island or Christopher Nave. These albums that were completely trashed on release, they make me smile. And if that's what this album does for you, brilliant. Um, I just think that it's... Anyway, I won't... I'm going to jump ahead of myself. Anyway, so... First album with Martin Birch. The sound coming out of this album, mix-wise, is very Birchy, if there's a term to say. Um, it's very... You could feel the new wave of British heavy metal in it. You can sense that when... Because uh, at the time, uh, the band were touring with Angel Witch, uh, and they were the leading lights outside of Maiden for the new wave of British heavy metal. I love Angel Witch a lot. In fact, I just bought, on the weekend, I just bought the reissue on Orange Vinyl of the first eponymous album, Angel Witch's album from 1982. If you haven't listened to the album, you haven't lived. It's brilliant. Anyway, so it's very birchy. It's quite sharp. Forget it, sort of a listening notes, like a tasting note. It's quite sharp. It's, it's very progressively modern as a sound for the band. Uh, it has a very muddy mix. Now, I'm not listening to the reissues 
remixes I always for this guys I always go direct to source material very first release this is how the band released it this is how I'm gonna review it and I'm gonna to listen to it if I don't if I don't want to listen if I want to hear it, it's been re-edited and resharpened and recleaned I'll talk about that another time um, I thought it's Tony's guitar is much different on this album um, it sounds like he's keeping up with the speed merchants I made a note there when I said that um, you know you could always rely on Tony's guitars to be the heaviest rhythmic blues based riffage on the planet in the history of music it is he's simply unattainable in his greatness he's he's god when it comes to heavy riffage six-string guitar but in this album he seems to be um i don't know it's it sounds like he's he's not in the room with the band anymore it sounds like he's he's trying to i mean at the time at this time well, 82, Tony's probably about 30-ish. So he's trying to, he's trying to, um, you know, he's trying to, uh, I don't know, recapture his youthful part. I don't know, get a different audience. I don't know what Martin was doing or what Martin said to him. Um, it, that's not to say it doesn't, it's not a heavy album. It is. Um, there was, there, I mean, the one particular song I'm going to talk about is actually my favourite um, non, uh, my favourite Dio era. Um, sorry, my computer is decided to shut down. Oh God, I changed the passwords, guys. Hang on, there we go. And I don't know what I'm doing with it. Um, yeah, so it, there's a particular song on this album which is the heaviest, I think, and my favourite of the of the Dio era. Even heavier favorite, even more enjoyable to me than stuff on Heaven and Hell. Certainly better than the Humanizer, um, and we'll get to that. And Tony's amazing on that particular track. In fact, it's just it gets it's just it feels um, skull crushing is the word, right? Skull crushing. Yes. Yeah, so I also think that possibly the reason that Tony was playing the way he is on this album is that Blizzard of Oz has just been released. You've got um, Randy Rhodes, you know, plowing this new sound, um, this new rock and roll, speed, acoustic, classic-driven um, note riffage. Uh, and Tony's not known for that. Tony's known for his, you know, his um, all-in, you know, uh, I, I Pente- uh, um, he plays all in the same sort of key, right? His solos are all very much because of his fingers. So he's in, you know, he's all in, uh, you know, your blues scales and your, uh, yeah, E minor, E minor scales and his uh, pentatonic scales and um, stuff like that. Whereas, you know, Randy's jumping into some really strange um, sort of, you know. Uh, 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 unusual time signatures and you know time uh and, and note note usage so i think tony's listening over one ear over there going oh got to keep up and in their mind subconsciously beat ozzy at his own game which i think was sad because there was absolutely no way this album in any way shape or form could come anywhere near blizzard of oz um for its ability to rock you basically um and so what they should have done, I think, is just kept kept an eye on their own road in their own lane and not worry about what's going past them. Because what's going past them may be fast, but at the end of the day, it's going to slow down because it's going to run out of steam. Whereas if you go, it's the old tortoise and the hare, isn't it, guys? You keep doing what you're doing at your pace, you'll get there and you'll get more, you'll get more out of it than trying to beat the person at speed. Anyway... We're going to move into the tracks and the albums in a minute. I'm just going to go and uh, warm up my tea. It's got a bit cold. Um, And uh, we'll chat about what I feel about the album. I'll get you some information on track by track. Uh, And uh, anyway, that's me for this side. Uh, When I come back, it'll be Mob Rules, guys. Mob Rules. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, guys, to part two, Mob Rules. So, it was quite clear in the beginning, wasn't it, that I'm not a big fan of this album. Um, but why are you doing it? I'm hearing you crying. Why talk about Mob Rules? It's not an album you like. Um, as I said before, I don't want to keep doing um, the easy targets. You know, I could sit here and, and, and eulogise um, glowingly about heaven and hell, uh, but I don't want to. I want to do the things that they go under the radar slightly. And even though Mob Rules was a massive album, didn't do well in the charts. It got to like number 47. Um, both singles of it didn't do that well. Mob Rules and... Um, uh, what was the first song? Turn Up the Night. Uh, both didn't do that well. Didn't, I mean, in fact, only one of them managed to chart in uh, top 40. And that was uh, Turn Up the Light, got to 37. Um it's just a little bit it's just a little bit wishy-washy and i think the it comes across that way because um we'll get to that but it comes that way very soon and very apparent okay so first song on it's the outlet it's 40 minutes and 26 seconds long recorded and mixed um in la uh it's i like it doesn't hang around okay it's a pretty um, swift piece of entertainment. Uh, it's not trying to be a gargantuous uh, uh, sort of prog monster, or it's not even trying to be a, a thrash speed merchant. It's just, I think it's just a decent length. Um, now, the first song, Turn Up the, Turn Up the Night. Okay. I think this, as I said, feels like it's influenced heavily by the Noobum movement. The guitar solo in it, um, quite obvious, because at the time, Tony Iommi had been doing some stuff with Diamond Head. He recorded some stuff with Diamond Head, who are the, another one of those pioneering Nwobam bands, um, and, you know, who released one of the best albums of the movement. Um, and so he's sort of in amongst the young kids, listening to the sound that they're making. I know that... 
um, the, a lot of the Nuobin bands were heavily influenced by Sabbath. So it's weird how, you know, one hand shakes the other, right? But, and also, I said they were on tour with Angel Witch. So much more snappier, youthful and fast. Remember that at the time, um, this is, you know, I think their 10th album. And so it's becoming, uh, they're becoming middle-aged in their musical life on their journey, if you know, right? Without sounding too, you know, silly, they were. Um, and in they bring in Vinia PC uh, and on drums, who's a staggeringly great drummer. I mean, a staggeringly great drummer. Um, but it starts to feel very un-Sabbathy. Now, sit back, guys, and, and ponder this. Listen to the album and think what you think. When you think of Sabbath, you think of a mix of very thick, very stodgy, and this is, I mean, in a good way, a stodgy pudding, pudding is lovely, people, a uh, very uh, heavy set, uh, lumbering, and sometimes a bit faster gait uh, of music, right? Um, you know, you think of Iron Man and and uh, and and War Pigs, and it, it's really thick and textured and heavy. Um, when we move into things like Turn Up the Night, yeah. Now I'm not saying that Sabbath never did light songs. Of course they did. You turn up to turn up the light, and it sounds very New Yorky. Now I've written in big pen here, New York Dolls. Interesting. It, I feel it has. It has this American stamp on it. It's got Dio and Vinny going. Yeah, we're Yanks. And sorry, and I'm not being offensive to Americans, my American audience. It's just the way that they would be considered and thought of back in the UK. The Yanks making a, their New York, New York sound, right? Um, and it sounds all, not just New York-y, it's got this West Coasty feel in there as well. It's got this um, uh, disco in a different direction, lighter feel. Now, they were recording in America. A lot of them lived in America at the time. As I said, you've got Vinny and you've got, and you've got Dio, probably influencing heavily on the direction of the sound. I know there were problems with the mixing of the album. Um, I heard stories of them, you know, going away and uh, coming back and supposedly Dio's come back into the studio and, you know, remixed it, one, you know, to different sounds overnight and the rest of the band didn't know and all this sort of stuff. This is all rumours. I don't know if that's that album or Heaven or Hell or even Dehumanizer. I think it's across that. It could even be Dehumanizer, but if it was happening in Dehumanizer, it was probably happening on um, on, on Mob Rules. Uh, so, so it's a bit of a... Like, I love Tony's wire in it. The wah-wah usage got to 11, I've got. But for me, it's a little bit of a, a bland opener. Okay, you you know, here we go. We've just had heaven and hell. Wow, come on. We, we've got our foot on the pedal. Let's wow the audience with another cracker of an album. We've got the wind behind us, full you know, f- you know full steam ahead. And you make the op- you open up with um, with turn up the night. Now that moves that moves on to voodoo. Voodoo. What can I say about Voodoo? Okay, I've written here that it carries on with the Americana sound. I, it, now, I did read that Tony was struggling with the guitar sound on this album. Uh, Martin Birch, uh, and he didn't get see eye to eye on it. Um, it feels like he's 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 not he's 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 leashed. He's he's not letting go. All right, um, and it—it's a little light for me. It's a little—it's a little filler, no killer. Uh, again, um, I don't think that Dio's. Um, I mean, firstly, the, the lyric doesn't doesn't to me. Um, but you know, it's um, a little bit soft. Um, you know. 
I mean, Dio was um, is quite uh, a, quite a uh, interesting character, and you know, I don't think he really digged the devil worshipy stuff that the imagery that Sabbath were were throwing around. I mean, he's quite um, superstitious. He was, I think, religious family. Um, I'm not saying that he was any kind of super Christian that's going to stop them singing songs about Satan, but I think he was that his upbringing um, would have prohibited. I mean, here's a lyric for voodoo: "Say you don't love me, you'll burn. You can refuse, but you'll lose. It's by me. Say you don't want me, you'll learn. Nothing you do will be new, 'cause I'll be through. Oh, call me a liar. You knew. You were a fool." But that's cool. It's all right. Call me the devil. It's true. I mean, I, see, I, I have to stop myself and say nice things about things and not be negative. But I think this is um, a second song on the album that is an absolute stinker. I think it stinks. Taking away uh, um, Tony and Giza and Vinny and, and his vocals, let's go. I mean, taking it all aside... It's just, it's not the recording, it's not, it's, well, it's quite stodgy in the recording, it's quite thick, it feels, um, feels like they've turned the dobbly on, you know, as they say in, um, in, in a Spinal Tap, you can't make heavy metal win dobbly, uh, anyway, it, it's just not really for me, it, it, it's one of those forgotten songs, isn't it, guys, you're not going to go, oh yeah, Black Sabbath, voodoo, nah, it, it again so we've we've come into the album we've sat down we've bought it from the shops wow amazing we have put the cassette in the cassette deck eight track in the eight track player or the record on the record deck and you've got two tracks in don't get me wrong it's rocking it's heavy it's fast it's enjoyable but it's not if if it, if you didn't put the black sabbath label on it you'd probably have more fun with it i reckon it sort of I think that the black sabbath label blocks it a bit and then we move into my favourite Dio song of all. And I think it's actually, um, there's a big call here, um, but one of my favourite non-Aussie songs, Sabbath, era, Sabbath songs of them all. Um, it's hidden three tracks into this rather bland album. Um, it's Sign of the Southern Cross. Now, I haven't, I don't know what it is about this song, you know, the beginning with the atmosphere, um, the build-up, um, the, 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 it's just, it is everything I want from a Sabbath song and more, okay? It's, it's lumbering, it's doom-laden, it's atmospheric, it's got a fucking brilliant lyric, it's got Dio Eddie's vocally best i reckon um it doesn't hang around uh you know it's i mean here's the lyric here right um if let me get the lyric Give me a hint. if there isn't a light when no one sees then how can i know what you might believe a story told that can't be real somehow must reflect the, ref, reflect the truth we feel fade away fade away vanish into small fade away fade away break the crystal ball it's it it Okay, on a small world west of wonder, somewhere, nowhere, all, there's a rainbow that will shimmer when the summer falls. Ah, oh, man. It, it, it is sort of what Dio does really well with Dio and what he does well with Rainbow. Um, this sort of great um, uh, epic um, fantasy songs, you know, um, it's skull crushing. I think Vinny's drums on this. This is okay. Why do I think this is amazing? I love Bill Ward's drumming. Okay, Bill Ward is a very open-shouldered drummer. When I say that, is he's quite splashy. Okay, you can almost feel that he's flowing across his kit. Um, I'm a sort of a, you know, sort of a bit of a lover of the drums, and he's, he's you know, you can feel him. I said last week he's very, he's very ginger bakery, right? Um, whereas Vinny is that is that I think is one of the very first prototypical heavy metal drummers. You know, he's down the line, his shoulders are closed, he's hard hitting, 
he's limits to the drums that he, he uses and he, when he uses them man he hits them and i think that this is the one win from this album for me is the mix that martin does on a geezer's bass parts but vinnie's drum parts um I'm not going to go on and on, on about um, Tony Iommi's guitar. We know how fucking good he is. We know what his riffage is like. It, I, I think that's sort of really set in stone. We don't need to go on about him. We, I, I'm very rarely let down by Tony Iommi. Okay, apart from maybe I said you know the sound of Turn Up the Night maybe and a bit of voodoo, but um, you know it's mesmeric. This song, okay. Um, it's not sab light. It's sab heavy. Um, you know, it's full of drama. Um, it, it's sort of the 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 mix that there's a faded. There's a part of it when it fades in. Um, in three minutes in, there's a lead guitar solo that's so sabbathy that it's almost like wow. What you could have imagined that being on any other album. And you, it, I reckon this sort of song was probably left off of the Heaven and Hell. I, I don't know. I couldn't find any information that says that, but it sounds like it should be on Heaven and Hell. Um, and it honestly, probably sounds like it couldn't have been sung by Ozzy because it doesn't have the embouchure, the tall, you know, uh, that um, Ozzy he couldn't he couldn't lyric he couldn't get his vocal um, uh, performance around the way this song is. Uh, marched and where it marches on it, it's got a real marchy feel I can imagine live being a fantastic live performance um, you know it punctuates Tony's guitar punctuates you know and then it just breaks away I said it throws you around like a rag doll and I think it does uh, uh, Tony's guitar in this I said I wasn't going to say much about him but it's true and Vinny Vinny and un- un- I haven't mentioned Geezer, but Geezer's bass part, there's a real lovely triplet. Uh, it, you can hear it just between uh, a Vinny snare and uh, a Tony sort of goes into a little of a, he's one of his, you know, sort of signature um, guitar part uh, solos. But Geezer does this great little bass triplet uh, that just fills that, that little audio void between the the end of the drum to Tony's guitar, uh, to his riff, and it's so geezery, um, because that's what geezer does. It doesn't just sit one octave below and follow along. He will. He's famously tries to play the notes that Tony's playing in his bass parts, um, and he tries to fill it with texture because he's geezer and geezer is geezer. Uh, and it's he's this album geezer did say that he really enjoyed the experimentation. That they got to, to to do with it, and I think that that's um, a brilliant thing because you know it it's it adds more texture to it. And this song is the reason I'd buy this album. They released this as a single on a twelve inch. Man, what a bloody good album that would be! But this is the season I would buy this album. Um, and we move on from a glorious and wondrous uh, track that doesn't hang around and sign of the Southern Cross. And then we go into E5150. Deep breath here. Um, I don't understand the necessary need uh, for... If you recorded an album and it's a couple of minutes light, then have a, a couple of minutes light. Why do we need to have filler? They, they've done this two, you know, a couple of times now as a band, um, and bands did it. You know, they do, they do it. Like you get, you buy an album and it says eleven tracks, and one of them is one minute ten seconds, and it's just Geezer um, and 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 Jeff Nichols on keys. Uh, oh, by the way, he was amazing in Son of the Southern Cross. Uh, um, sort of experimenting with their their bass and, and keyboard sounds. I'm not even going to bother with it. I, I, look, I don't understand. I get it. I get that you want to fill an album out. I get you want to stretch your rings and be experimental. Um, but this is not you know, This is the eighties, early eighties guys. It, it, heavy metal was already struggling in the wake of punk. 
um, and and electronic new and new wave of music like so we, what are you doing anyway it sticks out I've said it sticks out like a pair of dogs balls in fact I wrote it sticks out like a pair of shaved dogs balls um, for me it's like put this on a special edition reissue hold it back put it at the end as a secret track don't why am I going from the brilliance of Sign of the Southern Cross into another great song in Mob Rules? It, it it breaks up the flow. I have to say that on the CD, on the uh, streaming version, I actually delete this one. I don't even listen to it. Ooh, and I'm probably making people very angry when I say that, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. We all have our own delicious opinions, don't we? And then we go into the title track, Mob Rules. Uh, this is a brilliant song. This is sing-along rock and roll. This is heavy metal. This sounds... It sounds like you could just really, in a room of 1,500 people or 2,000 people, wherever you are, imagine Hammersmith Odeon packed. Um, imagine, I don't know... Uh, um, what's the one in New York? Um... The big one, anyway, one of, one of the, a big venue, right? A big venue, Madison Square Gardens. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Wembley Arena, something like that, packed. And then Mob Rules comes on. Oh, you can feel the swagger, can't you? You feel the sing along. That's what makes this sort of music worth coming back to. It's it's a real roller coaster of a song. I think it's Dio at, at one of his at, at just Dio. It's very Dio esque. But finally, we've got rid of this. You know, we've seemed to have let go of this Americana sound. We're back to Sabbath. I think you know, sensibility has taken control, and you know, Geezer and Tony and have probably gone right. No, you've had your fun. Now we're having hours, and I'm not saying it. I'm not saying that's how it went. I can just want to imagine it in my head that it went that way. Um, and the big hip Sabbath fans out there know more than me. They might even say that Dio, it was they were written by the other Tony and Giza, and I might go, oh fuck, sorry. It just feels it was Dio and Vinny's influence in the other songs. Um, it does take you up in this song and crash you down, and bring you up and crash you down. I've said this before about heavy, about certain bands. Maiden do it with their gallop. Sabbath do it. It's almost like being pulled under the water. And then forced out from air and then pulled under again and constantly, you know, thrown around like a rag doll, I said earlier. Um, and Mob Rules, you know, would have made a great single. I think it's just released at the wrong time. It is a bit muddy in this mix. Uh, and that's probably why, you know, later editions probably are better. I said I haven't really listened to the remastered versions. I'm just listening to the, my copy that I've got, uh, which is the original um, uh, Vertigo release um and it, it's a bit old and a bit crackly and a bit worn i didn't buy it brand new of course i didn't even buy a good copy i bought a really cheap second-hand copy years ago um and um you know it's just so it can sit in my sabbath collection and i can be in a completist i don't get it out there very often as you can tell um although i should do because sign of the sun cross is brilliant uh, and so is more rules you know so those two you know you go if you imagine live he plays Heaven and Hell, Mob Rules, and Sign of the Southern Cross. You'd bloody wet yourself, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, oh my God. And he follows that with some Aussie stuff that he didn't like doing. You'd be like, whoa. Um, so Mob Rules. Geezer's bass line in it. Fabulous and thundering. Vinny's drums. As I said, tight-shouldered, you know. Um, I don't know if that's a term. I'm going to use it. Patented Tony. Tight-shouldered. Um, feels like he's rest he's really restrained within the, but it, he hits the skins with such power. Um, and Martin managed to record those really well. I think uh, reading they recorded Vinny's drums. Um, they used Shaw's, I think, uh, uh, mics, and they 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 would. Um, it was one of the it was Martin Birch trick. They would they would mic the the drum kits from above as well to get the full room sound, and then also uh, obviously on the skins. And then they have one back about three meters away um, from the bass stins. And I think they also had one on an amp because they they would have amped his uh, his kit as well. 
So it's you get a really big sound, but a very hard sound. Now, we crash down into... I thought you couldn't get any worse than Voodoo, but we crash down into Country Girl. Pause for dramatic moment. Yes. Um, what can I say? What can I say? Okay. Now, I'm not going to say uh, uh, that it's uh, a lyrically awful, because it is. Here we go. This is a, a Black Sabbath song. Okay, people. Um, now, I know that you have the ability and right to write songs about whatever you want. And it's not always going to be about death and, 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 and Satan and heaven and hell and, and dramatic stuff and, you know, um, like the wondrous things written on sabotage, you know, mental health and the environment. No. Um, Fell in love with a country girl, morning sunshine. She was up from another world just to bust another soul. Her eyes were an endless fame, flame, holy lighting desire with a special name, made to snatch your soul away. We sailed away on a crimson tide, gone forever. She left my heart on the other side, all to break it into bits. Her smile was a winter song, a Sabbath ending. And... It's got a really fun piece of music. The actual music, the actual music, is quite fun. Would I? Do I think it's a Sabbath song? Personally, no. Lyrically, makes me want to cringe. I have to say to you, it just sounds like Dio's got some leftover material from Rainbow, and gone. Well, I want to put this on the album. And they're gone, well, Ronnie, you know. And he's gone, well, oh, if you don't do it, I'll walk away and chuck my dummy in the cot and wet my nappy and scream you and go blue in the face. And they're gone, oh, okay, here we go. Here's, here's Country Girl. Uh, you know, I mean, there is albums where not all albums can be all filler, all killer, no filler. But very few albums are a couple of killers, mostly fillers this is one of those albums uh, and cover girl a country girl is it that i like i've written ridiculous and i think it is ridiculous i think it's absolutely god stupid ridiculous um and it i'm gobsmacked whenever i listen to this song to think it's on an album that's got the label black sabbath i mean i know i know that listen to Aussie albums uh, there's a lot of ballads towards the end but that's but he's aging do you listen to what's coming out same year as this Blizzard of Oz come on now okay Blizzard of Oz what it does it's not even in the same stratosphere I, I really don't understand and I yeah anyway then we move to slipping away it brings it back. I think I've said here, and this is what I've quoted. It brings itself back from the edge of stupidness. With this, um, Dio um, almost uh, is—he's back to form with this song. Um, he spreads his wings vocally here, really stretches his vocal cords, really opens up. Um, Tony and Geezer's um, trade some fantastic. Um, groovy chops on this song um, it still suffers slightly by an undercooked production uh, I think still think it sounds muddy uh, and I have listened to this again on Spotify um, and on Apple both different streaming bit rates and so both with the original versions and think it might just be my record but it's not it, it is actually the mix uh, Slipping Away. Now, what can I say about Slipping Away lyrically? Um, just so you get an idea. Uh, slipping Away, just a heartbeat from disaster. Nothing could make me stay. Close your eyes and I'll be gone. Turn the page, yeah. Got to start another story. Slipping Away, Slipping Away. Time to move along. Now, yeah, it's still a lovey, love kind of interesting kind of story. But it's not Americana. It's not Country Girl. When I listen to Country Girl, I'm not thinking of Haystacks and Devon. I'm not thinking of, you know, these are, these are boys from, 
these boys from a, a black, dirty, smoky, industrial town. The heartbeat of the industrial revolution. The heartbeat of uh, of the of the of the uh, of the of the nation's um, prosperity and wealth, and steel and iron and and manufacture. But I think country girl. I'm thinking, you know, uh, Texas or something. You know, one of those, you know, Oregon or Ohio, Ohio, sorry. One of those sort of things. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, we moved along. So, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. He really comes back with us for Slipping Away. I really enjoyed it. Probably my second favourite, third favourite song on the album. Then we move into uh, Falling Off the Edge. <sighs> What do I say about this one? This for me is, I've written here, sorry, I've written this is Dio's Fairies Wear Boots. Bear with me and come on this journey, guys, and listen and tell me what you think. This feels like Dio's drug story. I don't think Dio is a very clean living human being, so it wasn't, he's not a druggy kind of person, but this has this sort of um, 60s, I think Dio used to be in a band, was it? Um, keep thinking gnomes but it's not gnomes it's electric pixie or something like that. um and so very sort of hippie and i think this is this is his rainbow hippie sound um it's thicker uh it's got uh i think it's got the probably the thickest um riffage of the album uh it's got geezer and Naomi make um makes again a heaven and hell sound i've written here so it's quite thick, quite ugh, quite um, uh, in your face. It's it's short. Um, it lags a little bit behind, um, in some respects. That it's sort of like Country Girl. It feels a little bit out of place. Uh, but it's that it's sort of gone back and being heavy and and being um, Sabbathy again, which this you know. This album sort of it does it, it it sort of pulls you in and pushes you away and pulls you in and pushes you away, and then we go on to over and over, and I've written in very big letters here. Sorry guys, dull, dull, dull. You know, do we need to end an album on such a dull out song? Really, we start the album in some Americana and the end of the album with its dullness um, the only thing that I've got that makes this turd of a song better is Tony Omi's dazzling guitar and Geezer Butler's so Geezer Butler's bass parts and Vinia PC's drums so individually wonderful all songs in this album are wonderful collective as a song stinker I, I really don't like to say the word turd um, and Sabbath in the same um, sentence because they mean too much to me and I love them and the world loves them and, the, and we should all love them because they invented the music we are now talking about. But it is a dull, dull song. It is the same way, I feel the same way about this as the way that I skip over Ozzy's solo album Ballads. Not all of them, but some of them, you know, um, and it, we end on it. We end that on it. It's like, what? You should end an album because the last song on an album is the one you remember the most because as that song fades out, uh, the one that opens up with and the ones it ends with, because it, as it fades out, you, it's, like, it's like going to a restaurant. You always remember your dessert. You always remember the pudding, right? And here's a, I mean, it's interesting. So I had this argument with someone the other day about the word pudding. I know it's a different conversation, but pudding, I always call my desserts pudding. Now, I never say dessert, I say pudding. Pudding is a cooked meal. So if you have a pudding, technically ice cream isn't pudding. We had this conversation, uh, you know, and we had a sort of sort of shouty match about it. Um, interesting what people talk about, isn't it? Uh, you know, we, there things going on in the Middle East and in Russia, and I'm having an argument with a friend of mine about the proper use of the word pudding. 
<laughs> but anyway, why end it on this song? That's all I'm going to say, guys. Um, the solo is cracking in this song. It's it's immense. It's an amazing solo, but it doesn't make the kids stay, man. You know, you're not coming back for another album if the last song you hear on the from them is over and over. Imagine if this has been their very, ever, very, very last album and their living legacy at the end is over and over. Really. Stinker. Sorry. So, summing up. I've got pros and cons. Pros. Best drum and bass sound by far for a very long time uh, with the uh, with the, with the band. Two or three Moments of jaw-dropping brilliance. It's uh, progressive in drum sound. Bill, uh, much, much, much tighter than Bill Ward's splashy um, uh, jazz-like blues chops. Um, Vinny is a, a fantastic drummer and a brilliant um, uh, way of taking over from such a great drummer himself as in Bill Ward. Um, you've got, you know, Signs of the Southern Cross. Martin Birch brings this sort of modern, um, bright, although it's dull mixed in parts, bright, uh, thrusting heavy metal sound um, to it. Um, downside, cons, too much Americana. Uh, too too much filler. Uh, wrong direction on an album that's called Mob Rules. Um, it doesn't it's collectively as a as a as a uh, a collection of songs it's very disparate it's very um disorganized it doesn't really flow from track to track you've got that awful filler in e151 or whatever it is that thing um e5150 uh you know but that that aside, this is the reason I reviewed this album. I wanted to review this album because I wanted to, to people to understand that is I don't always just glow. I don't always be just glowing about. I mean, I did struggle, ladies and gentlemen, um, talking to my wife last night about this um, that I should do an album that I don't really like. Uh, but it's good because I want to because I want to be able to stretch my um, critical wings. And be honest, and uh, and honestly, it does have some wonderful moments. And you know, I don't agree with people that are just bad mouth people's creative output. I've told you that before. But I've, I have a saying in my di- in my book at the front, written down: "Be subjective, not reactive." And I'm being subjective here. I don't want to react to it. I'm re- I'm being subjective, and the subjectivity of this is that I don't like it. Um, and it's not because it's Dio, because I freaking love Heaven and Hell as an album. Um, is Dehumanizer worse? It possibly could be. Um, but it, it, the trouble with Dehumanizer is it's too close to the Tony Martin era, and I don't want to get that close to Tony Martin era, because Tony Martin's involved in Dehumanizer in some respects. So I was like trying not to get involved there. So, not cross over too much, I want a nice gap. So, summing up, if I was going to give this a rating, I don't do this stuff, but I was giving it a five-star rating, it'd get a three. And that's for the three songs that I like on it. Uh, Tony's sound is wonderful. Geezer's um, bass is probably at its peak. Um, Vinny's tight-shouldered, thunderous marching drum is wonderful. And Dio's vocals, as ever, are beautiful. It's just the subject matter and a couple of them and the tonality of a few of the songs that I hold I have an issue with anyway I hope you've enjoyed that I hope I haven't destroyed someone's uh, thoughts of this album because I want you to love it even if you even if I don't I want whoever loves it to just love it as for, forever and ever amen and keep it alive because that's the most important thing is not um, next week we're going to do my era Sabbath right the important era to me and that's the Tony Martin era um, now I'm only going to talk I'm going to probably talk about the one album 
that you probably all know which I'm going to talk about. You're probably going to guess it. I've already told you that it's my White Whale of an album. I don't have a copy. Neither does Tony. I've talked to him in an interview earlier this year, and he doesn't have a copy either, and I really want a copy myself. Um, if anyone has one and wants to swing it to me, um, again, private message me and send it to me. I'll give you my address. Uh, really, 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 it's going to be, let's be honest, it's going to be Headless Cross. I might talk about Tia, but it's Headless Cross. Um, the 1989 gold solid classic anyway that's me for this week keep safe keep rocking and rolling do come to my Facebook page do chat to me Um, I love the feedback please if you can like and subscribe and give me a review wherever you get your podcasts it helps other people find my my podcast so it doesn't matter if it's one star or five stars all stars are positive so could you please jump on to spotify and you go there top corner press a little button you'll see it says rate give me a star rating um, it does help me it will help me grow my channel which is already growing really fast anyway um, i'm up to over 5,000 listeners which is amazing people um, when i think about it but i would just really love you to do so i hope you've enjoyed this a little bit of rant a little bit of love um, keep safe And I'll see you next week, guys. Bye-bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.